All right, and we're back, sports fans. Welcome back to Unfiltered, newest sports podcast with unfiltered and unbiased takes. Thank you all for spending some of your time with me again here today. I'm Rob Rice, and here we go. Got another fun one for you guys here today. Uh, it's good to be back. I know I've been gone here a couple weeks, guys. I apologize. Schedule was kind of hectic at work, working nights, not sleeping too much every night, kind of caught up with me, but it's good to be back on here, man. So going to get into my Dallas Cowboys losing to the Eagles. That was a big one. Uh, I'm going to get into the Cincinnati Bengals and how Joe Burrow is back, man. NBA in-season tournament. It's the first year they're doing this. Going to get into that. If you guys haven't heard of it, I'll kind of explain it here towards the end of the podcast. And then I've got a Chug Better of the Week. Chug Better of the Week is back, man. Excited for that one. The last one that I actually had on was the Vikings beating the 49ers. I know that seems like a long time ago. That's how long it's been since I've been on here, man. Two weeks seems like a long time, but glad to be back here again, guys. So we'll get right into where Rob was wrong. Again, this is still brought to you by Dynasty Solar. Dynasty Solar is one of America's fastest growing residential companies here in America. They're actively installing in over 20 states. It's not just here in Florida. So guys, if you are interested in solar, get in touch with me. I'll get you in touch with my boy, Paul Choez. He'll come out. He's going to do a free consultation through this podcast for you guys. Come out there for free. See if solar makes sense for you, and then we'll go from there. Dynasty Solar. Create your legacy for dynasties to come. Paul, as always, man, appreciate you, bro. Appreciate your support in this podcast. Um, no, I got to give you a call here today, man. You're finally back in the States. Hope you all had a great time over there, man. So where I was wrong on the last podcast, um, the only one that I had was uh, I picked the Dolphins over the Eagles. Casey Jones picked your Dolphins over the Eagles that week. It did not turn out too well for y'all, but shouldn't have gone against, uh, should not have gone against Ravens team, my fiance's team, man. So they beat up on you guys and now they just beat up on us this week, man. So let's get right into that. Another heartbreaking loss for Dallas in a big game, man. It seems like every year they find new ways to lose a football game that is just, from the outside looking in, brutally painful to watch. At least you would you would think, right? I swear, us Dallas fans, man, after all these years, we're immune to pain, man. We're immune to pain. We're immune to misery here at this point. We're just used to seeing shit like this. Um, that last play of the game... Let's get into that. There's a couple things I want to get into on here. Uh, but that last play of the game, we'll talk about that one first. Threw it short, short of the goal line to CeeDee Lamb. I mean, we ended up being on whatever it was, 25-yard line. He runs a very long in route. To me, that play looked a lot like years ago when Antonio Brown caught the ball on like the one or two-yard line, was able to reach across real quick, get it into the end zone. At least I'm pretty sure he scored on that play of the game. Um, the Steelers were a lot closer in that point. Um, but to me, that's what they looked like. They were trying to run there. I, I have no idea. To me, if you're going to run a play where you're throwing the ball short of the end zone like that, why not have someone screaming across the other side of the field that CD can pitch the ball to? Because as soon as he caught it, he was looking to pitch it to someone and there's nobody there. But to me, man, if you run that play and you have Turpin or Brandon Cooks, mm, Someone coming from the other side of the field, man, coming from that left side, screaming to the right side. As soon as CD catches it, can just immediately pitch it to him and hopefully gun it to the end uh, to the end zone. I mean, that's the only way I see that play working. So I don't know really what we were trying to run there, but, you know, whatever. More fantasy points for whoever had CD Lamb like myself, I guess, guys. But 
just a huge, huge sack given up by Terrence Steele a couple plays before that. And he was just getting beat all game long. Um, I saw the stat. He gave up 12 pressures in that game. 12 pressures, a few sacks. So if you're the coaching staff, I mean, hindsight's always 20-20, right? I don't know why we're not trying to chip that guy, though, at the end of the game. Tyron Smith, the left tackle, he was locking up anyone that came to the left side of the line that game. So why not just give some more attention to the, to the right tackle and steal who was getting beat up all game? But looked like they were going to win, man. Literally driving down the field there at the end. They got down to the you know eight-yard line, five-yard line, whatever it was, and then they take that huge sack. A lot of people were talking about why didn't they just spike the ball, try to save some time on the next play. I actually really like what they ran and the fake spike and just throwing it to the end zone. It looked like the Eagles were absolutely ready for it, though. There was nowhere for Dak to throw that ball. But to me, in that moment of the game, it's it's coming down to luck at that point. There's really no skill. There's no play that you have that's going to you know, go from the 25-yard line with five seconds left and you're going to get the ball in the end zone. Like the Eagles are playing prevent defense on that last play at that point. There's really not a lot of plays outside of luck that you're going to score. So I don't mind the fake spike, throw it to the end zone. Uh, I wish it would have been someone other than, um, oh man, I'm blanking on his name now. Tolbert, Jalen Tolbert. I wish it would have been someone other than him. They're throwing the ball to there. Would have loved to see CD get a chance on something like that. Maybe come down with a sick one-hander. But, hey, you know, it is what it is, man. They've played a great game, and they just came up short. Uh, before that, I mean, it could have came down to a field goal. Dak literally stepped out of bounds, barely. His toe is barely out of freaking bounds. On the two-point conversion, a couple drives before where they, they scored a touchdown, and if they get the two-point conversion, it's a three-point game. And, I mean, if we're at a three-point game, we're really not in this conversation right now. Uh Dak's running outside the pocket. It looks like he has the line to the corner of the end zone. I thought he was going to die from a little bit further away. He takes a long step and then reaches the ball across. Looks like they get it. Upon further reviews, toe is out of bounds. I mean, it's truly a game of inches, man. It really, really is. And you go back to before that, we're on the goal line, fourth and goal, and they throw it to Shoemaker, the rookie tight end. He catches the ball. Looks like he's right on the goal line, right on the goal line for a touchdown on fourth and goal. And I'm watching this at work, man. I'm literally trying to get away from everybody so I can take a peek at this game and just like silently screaming in my head, like super hyped. And then they get into a replay on that one and his knee is down and the ball is literally on like the fucking inch line. I mean, it's just sickening. Absolutely sickening, man. But it's a game of inches. And yeah, I hear Dallas fans saying it looked like Shoemaker got tackled before the ball even got there. But you know what, man? It's just you can't can't always root for the penalty or always hope for the penalty to bail us out man so at the end of the day they played a close game it just it just didn't quite work out but Dak played a hell of a game man so I'm happy to see the media not actually bashing him this week after the loss um first time Dak lost a game where he threw for 300 yards three tutties and no picks he's done that eight times now this is the first time he lost. He was 29 of 44, 374 yards and three tutties. And, I mean, he just looked great. He played an absolutely great game. I uh, saw this for that stat, too. So outside of the red zone, Dak is actually first quarterback rating. Inside the red zone, he is 15th. So the red zone struggles did come up again. I can't stand when they show the freaking red zone stats, to be honest with Dallas. So they had a stat here in the second half of the game that three drives inside the six-yard line. Um, and Dallas only came away with, with six points. 
Sounds a lot worse than it is, man. It's really circumstantial. I just, I, I can't stand the stat. This time I worked out in ESPN and every one of their stats, uh, ESPN, FS1, wherever these stats came from, it worked out in their favor because they got to talk about that. So they get six points, right? How'd they get six points? So that was when Dallas scored a touchdown. Dak ran um, on the two-point conversion. His toe is freaking out of bounds. So they didn't get the two points. So they have six there. Then the drive before that, that was when Shoemaker looked like they scored a freaking touchdown. Inches short. And then the last play, they did get to the six-yard line, I think it was. And then they take a sack. And we all know what happened at the end of the game there. So I get it. Sure. Red zone. Uh, red zone is coming up again. But to me, you know, the hell with that stat for this game, man. Like, that's very circumstantial. Just so happened that's how it played out this time. They do got to figure it out, man. They got to figure out the second receiver. Like, CeeDee Lamb is just a beast. He's an absolute monster. But other, if it's not Brandon Cooks, damn it, who, who the hell is going to be Dallas' second receiver? To me, that's what's really worrying me a lot. Um, it's halfway through the season here, and they haven't figured it out yet. So they have half a season to still figure this out. But if not Brandon Cooks, God damn it, then who? I mean, this man was a 1,000-yard receiver for six different teams, and to, he just he's non-existent. He's non-existent right now. Um, they just signed Martavis Bryant. So for any real football fans, you, you probably remember Martavis Bryant from the Steelers. He hasn't played in the NFL in three years. He was suspended indefinitely. He just got reinstated. I mean, hopefully this man was in like the hyperbolic time chamber these last three years, man. looks like he was playing in the CFL or AFL. But to me, this signing is very similar to last season when Dallas signed T.Y. Hilton. Like, sure, I think Martavis Bryant will be able to make a play or two. Like, he'll make a big play or two. But is he going to make the play? Is he going to make the play when we need it most, which is going to be at the end of the season and into the playoffs? And I just don't know. I don't know. T.Y. Hilton didn't do it. You know, I didn't really see that working out very well, and it didn't. Uh, T.Y. Hilton did make a play. Um, biggest play last year was the third and 33. That keeps it up to him against the Eagles. Huge play of the game. Um, that helped win us that one. So, I mean, I can see Martavis Bryant making a play or two like that, but making the play in the playoffs where it matters most, like that's what we're worried about, man, and I just don't, I don't know. You know, we'll wait and see. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Really hope I'm wrong on that one. But then other than, than him, man, you got Jalen Tolbert. Maybe they still get Brandon Cooks involved somehow. Kevontae Turpin, he caught a touchdown against the Eagles. I would love to see that man get more reps. But someone has to step up. We have to figure it out soon. Because on top of that, the running game just does not look the same. Uh, Tony Pollard is not having the season I thought he would have. I didn't think he would be as good as he was last year as far as yards per carry just because you know Zeke's wearing that defense out you know no matter what anybody wants to say what Zeke did for Dallas years including last year was was just great um, you beat down the defense like that man and then you got someone like Pollard who just takes it to the house um, he hasn't been the case this year so and I know it was going around a lot I think really the media just made up the story of Dallas trying to trade for Derrick Henry you know wanted to get my hopes up which you know I'm not gonna lie they kind of did for a minute that didn't work out clearly but They've got to figure out the running game because without that running game, we're going to put it all on Dak. I just don't know, man. I just don't know. In their next three games, um, they got some cupcake games here before they play the Eagles again in four weeks. So they've got some time to figure this out before they play the Eagles again. They play the Giants, who have been just the most atrocious team in the NFL this year, in my opinion, more so than the Jets, more so than Carolina. 
Giants have just been an absolute disaster. Uh, then they play the Panthers and the Commanders. Now, it's the NFL. You know, anything can happen. I say cupcake games. It's the NFL, though. Anything can happen. But you're playing the Giants. Uh, I don't even know the dude's name. Italian name. DeVito. I don't know what his name is. They're playing him. I hope they don't lose to that man. Then they play the Panthers and Bryce Young, who really shouldn't have won a game. I'm shocked that they beat the Texans a couple weeks ago. And then they play the Commanders. And that's a division game. Anything could definitely happen there. But as far as those three games, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Dallas has some time to figure it out. The Eagles, you know, they got bye week this week. And then they got very difficult games before they play Dallas again. They play the Chiefs. They play the Bills. I think they play the Niners. And then they play Dallas. So... I'll take our three versus those uh, those three right there. So we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens when they play the Eagles again. But for right now, I'm definitely very worried about Dallas. Sure, they might make the playoffs. It's not the goal. We got to figure out the running game. We got to figure out that second receiver. Because as soon as someone takes CeeDee Lamb away, like, what the hell do we got? That's the scary thing. We'll see. We'll see. Getting into the Bengals and Joe Burrow, man. He was my MVP pick uh, before the season started. And it's looking very good now, now that he's back and he's healthy. So listen to this. First four games versus the last four games with Joe Burrow. First four games, 57.6% completion percentage, 728 yards, two tutties, two picks, 69 rating, only four rushing yards. I mean, he couldn't move. He could not move. He could not get anywhere around the pocket. Um, and only two tutties in four games. Like he was not. He was not looking good. He was obviously clearly hurt with the calf. But now these last four games, so he went from 57% to 75.8% completion, 1,133 yards, 10 tutties, two picks, 111 rating, and 58 rushing yards. I mean, he's back. Joe Burrow's back, man. And I'll tell you what, I think the MVP pick looks good, but I really struggle to, to know who is better between him or Mahomes. Talked to my boy Brandon about this a while ago. I really think that Burrow might be better than Mahomes, man. I know we're all over Mahomes and for good reason, but this kid, Joe Burrow, man, he's just nasty, absolutely nasty. And he always beats these big teams in the AFC too, man. He just beat up on the Bills. He always beats Mahomes. So we'll see, man. You know, Mahomes has definitely got the rings over him, clearly. But tell you what, man, let Burrow make one run and get a ring. And I think that the talk between Burrow and Mahomes, who is better, changes drastically. We really let the rings kind of determine a lot of things. And, you know, I get it. But let's see it. Burrow, he's, we'll just say the second best. We'll say the second best quarterback in the league right now. And against the team, man, he went first two drives, scored a tutty, and immediately just looked like, yep. He's got it. You know, there's no way the Bills are winning this game. Buffalo did come back their first drive and score a touchdown. But then Burrow went right back. 11 plays, took up almost six minutes, scored another tutty. It's 14 to seven going into the end of the first. And you could just kind of feel that Burrow was going to take over that game. And he did. He was 31 of 44, 348 yards and two tutties. Um, he's tied for the most touchdowns since week five. So he's he's back. He's back with Avengers, man. He looks real good. It's so crazy how he just completely changed the franchise, too, because the Bengals, he didn't come into a good situation by any means. And he really changed the culture of this franchise. I think he was big decision maker in them drafting Jamar Chase as well, because I know they could have went a lot of other ways with that top pick. And he's like, no, I'll go get my guy and watch us shred the league. And that's exactly what they've been doing. Their defense is not even playing well either. So Burrow is carrying this team. The defense, they're 27th in yards allowed. They're allowing 364 yards a game. 
234 passing, 130 almost rushing, 129.8. So they're just getting absolutely gassed on the ground. And people are taking advantage of them through the air too. But they're very bend-don't-break defense, which has worked for them, and it's working so far. They're 12th in points allowed. So while they're the bottom of the league pretty much in point or uh, yards per game, they're almost top 10 in points uh, points allowed. So they are stopping the, de- or stopping the offense when they need to, getting some timely turnovers. But this guy, Joe Burrow, the Bengals going to go as far as he goes. And, man, you pray. I mean, you pray freaking weekly, nightly for a quarterback like him, man. So I'm excited to see that he's back and healthy. Their next three games are going to be very big. They got the Texans this week, which I think is going to be a very interesting game uh, with him and this kid, CJ Stroud, man. And I'm about to get into him. What an exciting player he is. So that'll be a fun game, I think, to watch them battle it out. And then they play the Ravens and the Steelers. So those are huge, huge division games. The Steelers are the surprise team of the freaking century. Five and three, they've been outscored every game. They're the only team in NFL history to be outscored every game and have a winning record like this. I mean, Mike Tomlin just finds a way to win, man. Their division is wild. I mean, they're the best division in football right now. Seven and two Ravens, Steelers are five and three, Browns are five and three, and the Bengals are at the bottom of the division, also five and three. They just don't have the tiebreakers over these other teams. So for them to come up, play the Ravens and the Steelers back to back weeks after the Texans, hopefully this isn't a game where they're looking beyond uh, the Texans because CJ Stroud is a player, man. He can definitely put up points. So they need to take care of them this week, and then we'll see next week if they play the Ravens. It's going to be a huge, huge game. I'm excited for that one. Uh, and I made a bet with Ian, uh, Ian Kirkland, man. Our bet is uh, it's close, but it's, I'm not really feeling good about it. So I made a bet with Ian before this season that the NFC East would have more wins than the AFC South. Uh, right now, you're up, my man, 22-19. to 19. AJ, your Giants, if they weren't absolutely freaking atrocious, it would be a much closer, probably winning on my side right now. But... Giants are not holding their weight. Two and seven. Looks like Daniel Jones is out for the year. So I'm not really feeling too good about this bet. Um, But we'll see, man. We'll see. You never say never. Oh, man. But getting into CJ Stroud here now, man. So I have a new segment. Check this out here. That just happened. So look at this, man. CJ Stroud set a rookie record. 470 yards. Five tutties. The dude had a game-winning touchdown at the end of the game. He only had 46 seconds left. He goes the length of the field in 46 seconds, throws a touchdown to win it. I mean, this is wild. I mean, just listen to these. Listen to these stats. 30 of 42, 470 yards, five tutties, no picks. His uh, passer rating for the game is the highest by a rookie ever, 147.8. 470 yards was the most by a rookie ever. He's the youngest player with 450-plus uh, passing yards in a game. And he's only the sixth player in NFL history to go for over 450, five tutties and no picks. I mean, this rookie, he don't look like a rookie. This kid, he looks really great, man. What a fun kid to watch. Um, unreal, just unreal. I wish I would have saw that game. Was that work? Missed that one. But watching the highlights on it, my God, that's sickening. I mean, you have to have this on. That just happened. And how about Keenan Allen's one-hander here? Get one more in there. Check out this one. You guys watch it on YouTube. It's an absolutely filthy one-handed catch. And Keenan Allen, man, Mr. Reliable. he makes catches like this on the routine. But, guys, let me know what you think about this segment here. That just happened. Going to get a little bit more into that one here going forward. Don't worry. Butterball is still going to be around. 
just trying to add in some more segments, man. I'm getting some inspiration from Get Up, ESPN, whoever watches Get Up in the morning, man. Freaking love that show. And now let's get into the primetime picks. So it's been a while again, right? Record is eight and seven. I went two and one um, the last time I was on the podcast. So overall, eight and seven. Primetime games this week are absolutely freaking atrocious. Just a disgusting line of primetime this week. So hear me out here. We got Panthers, Bears, Jets, Raiders, Broncos, Bills. I don't want to throw up in my mouth just looking at that. I don't know how many people are going to be watching the primetime games this week. But we'll start out with the Panthers and the Bears. Line is minus four. Uh, Justin Fields was limited the first two days here going into the week. I don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, to be honest, I don't really mind if he plays or not. This Panthers team is just awful. Absolutely awful. I don't know how they, I don't know how they beat the Texans. They should, they should be uh, winless. I think the Bears win this one by more than four. So I'm going to take the Bears minus four in that one. Bears are at home. And you got the Jets Raiders. God almighty. Jets just, hey, you know, they were supposed to have Rodgers, so I get it. But, man, I'm tired of seeing them on freaking primetime games. Jets are plus one in this one. I really don't believe in the Raiders, even though they won their first game last week with the coach Antonio Pierce, new head coach, interim coach. Uh, it was pretty cool. He lit the practice squad players on the sideline. He's doing things a little bit different. No one's done that before. I don't believe in them, though, man. I don't believe in this Raiders team, um, this new quarterback they got in. Sure, he maybe makes some big plays, but I think the Jets' defense is really going to lock him up. I think they're going to get some turnovers. They're going to make it easy on Zach Wilson this week. I'll take the Jets plus one. And then Broncos-Bills. This one I've gone back and forth with, man. Um, seven and a half point dogs, the Broncos. They're coming off a bye week. I think they match up pretty well against uh, the Bills um, defensively. Uh, Pat Sertan, I think, is going to be following digs around all game long. So coming off a bye, seven and a half points. I'm going to take the Broncos. I really don't feel good about it, but I'm going to go Broncos plus seven and a half on that one. So I've got the Bears minus four. I've got the uh, Jets plus one over the Raiders, and I've got the Broncos plus seven and a half over the Bills. Lock them in, man. Let me know if you win. Don't let me know if you lose. Don't come at me. And then we've got some tutties, baby. Let's go. Show me your tutties. Odell Beckham. It was garbage time, man, but it's great to see him back in the end zone again. Nice little uh, route here in the corner of the end zone. Garbage time. You see uh, Tyler Huntley throwing him the ball for the tutty, but Odell, welcome back, man. And speaking about welcome back, Deontay Johnson, first touchdown since week 17 of 2021. My God, it's been a long time, man, but welcome back into the tutty zone, baby. Show me your tutties, Deontay Johnson, Odell Beckham. And this one was almost as impressive to me as Justin Fields this week. How about Joshua Dobbs to Brandon Powell for the game winner? I mean, Joshua Dobbs probably didn't even know this dude's name going into the game, Brandon Powell. He just got on the team this week. Their rookie quarterback for the Vikings gets hurt, and Dobbs comes in and just does absolutely incredible work. I mean, this was awesome. This was freaking awesome. I don't know how he did it. I mean, the dude has been on the team for like two days, goes there and gets a win. Good for them, man. Tutties of the week. Guys, let me know what you think. Again, if you want to see couple tutties from your team send them my way man i'll get them on the podcast talk about them guys let me know what you think of the new segment that just happened let me know what you think about show me your tutties getting into my last segment here nba so good to have the nba back man so i have a couple things i'm gonna get into before we talk about this in-season tournament um 
First, some good LeBron, some bad LeBron. Man, this dude is not human, though. Year 21, he's 38. He's about to turn 39 in December. I don't think people really realize what he's doing at a, such a high level at, at an age like this, year 21. I mean, Dirk Nowitzki, I think, averaged like seven points in year 20, his last year of the league, man. There's not many people to compare this to. I mean, what this man is doing, he, he's an alien, bro. You know what? He's alien. He's not from here. He's averaging 25 points a game, eight rebounds, six assists, and he just looks as explosive as ever still, man. It's unreal what he is doing. Um, the Lakers, they can definitely make some noise this year as long as they both stay healthy. Looks like LeBron was supposed to be on a minutes restriction, but looks like he said F that. Uh, but they do got to make sure he's healthy at the end of the year. Anthony Davis, I don't know, man. He's always hurt. So if he can stay healthy, they make some noise, but we'll see what happens. Now, some bad LeBron. I don't agree with what he said about the Heat, man. And his Twitter drives me nuts. Every time he posts on Twitter, it's usually something kind of crazy or egotistical. But people talk about it, man. He's got a massive following on social media. He does a lot of great things outside of basketball, so I'll let him have it. But for him to say what he said about Miami... Um, and maybe we're taking it the wrong way, but Miami Miami really made his career to that point, in my opinion. Uh, Wade taught him how to win. Spo taught him how to play a better game. Um, and what Spo taught him those four years in Miami, I think a lot of teams still use to this day, man. So, Bron, don't really agree with everything that you're saying, man, but give Miami a little bit more love, brother. If you would have stayed in Miami, you'd probably have more rings than you do right now. I'll just tell you that. But with all that being said, I would love for you to come back, bro. <laughs> I would love to see him back in Miami. I hope that Miami is in a position to draft his son uh, next year whenever Bronny comes out. Get my, get LeBron back to Miami. Get Bronny in Miami. It would be freaking awesome to see. We'll see what happens, man. I'm excited for college basketball. See what Bronny does. But we'll see uh, We'll see where that goes. Definitely have that on later in my podcast for sure. Um, and some other teams that are just you know still still here, man. The Warriors. This team, I feel like, is great every year, and somehow people have just forgotten about him. But Steph Curry is still one of the greatest players on the planet, man. He's averaging 31 points a game. They got a guy who I never thought would work out there with Chris Paul. He looks great with uh, uh, playing with the Warriors. He's averaging eight assists a game with them. They still have got Klay Thompson. They still have Draymond Green. This team is going to make some noise, man. So don't forget about the Warriors. That's all I'm going to say, man. Manny, if you're listening to the podcast, bro, your Warriors are still going to be a threat. We'll see if they can make it happen. And then I just, I don't know how anyone stops the Joker and these Nuggets, man. The Nuggets are 7-1 and one right now. Um, Joker is literally almost averaging a triple-double already. 28 points, 13 boards, and 8.5 assists. This dude's an alien as well. Um, there's just no stopping him. I mean, he's the best player in the league right now. There's literally no stopping him. I understand everyone always wants to say Giannis is the best player, but... I don't know how you don't say Joker, man. I've never seen a more unstoppable guy. Night after night, it looks like he's just toying with these guys. So I think the Nuggets are going to be the biggest threat, obviously, again, coming into the West. Can the Warriors, can the the Lakers or a young team like the Kings make some noise? Um, we'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see what happens. And a couple of young players that I'm excited to really watch this year. I'm going to give you guys three names. Y'all know I love my boy Tyler Hero, but he looks like he took another step this year. I'm excited to keep watching him. He's averaging 25 points, uh, five and a half rebounds, and five assists. Dude's a playmaker. It looks like he's taking that next step. Love to see that for Hero. Excited to see where he keeps going. So I think Miami's season 
is really going to hinge on how well Tyler Hero plays this year. Miami has to have that next guy after Jimmy and Bam. It looks like Hero is doing it. Uh, name I'm sure most of you know, but I think just needs to be talked about more is Anthony Edwards from the Timberwolves. This kid, I think, is going to come into his own this year. The last few minutes of that Celtics game the other night, he was unreal, man. Offense and defense. This kid is legit. I think this kid is going to be the next superstar of the league. He's averaging 28 points, almost seven rebounds, five assists. Watch Anthony Edwards, man. I'm excited to watch him this year. And a name that I don't think many people talk about, uh, Scotty Barnes from the Raptors. This kid is legit, too. He's averaging 22, 10, and 6. Watch out for these three. Those are my three young guys that I think really take that next step into superstardom this year. Tyler Hero, Anthony Edwards, Scotty Barnes. Love to watch these three guys play. They play the game the right way. Um, and I think that all of these teams are going to be playoff teams. Timberwolves, I don't know how much noise they make out there, but watch for Anthony Edwards, man. He's going to be the next face of this league. He's going to be great. And then let's get into the NBA in-season tournament. So I'm going to read you guys, whoever doesn't know about it, I'm going to read you guys what it is. I wasn't honestly too aware of it before a couple weeks ago, but something new, the NBA just started this year. So they have tournament nights going to take place every Tuesday and Friday. Started November 3rd. It's going to go all the way into December. So the first play is group play. November 3rd through the 28th. Only NBA games played on tournament uh, nice will be group play games. They're going to play Tuesdays and Fridays. It's going to still be normal, like the regular season games are going to count towards this tournament play. Um, and a team will play each of the four teams in group one play game. Teams record in these four games will determine the team's qualifier for the knockout round. In the event two or more teams are tied, it's going to be head-to-head, point differential, total points, regular season record from the year before, and then random drawing if they get that far. But eight teams are going to make it to the knockout round. The knockout round is going to consist of single elimination games for the eight teams that advance from group play, beginning on the quarterfinals December 4th and 5th. Teams that win will progress to the neutral site December 7th, champion on December 9th. Games played in the first and second round will count towards the regular season games, like I was saying, for all purposes. The championship will not be counted as a regular season game. And each conference quarterfinal games will be hosted by the two teams that play the best record, yada, 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 yada. And it looks like the winning team, each of the players, coaches are going to get 500 grand. I mean, that's pretty sweet. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, they all have a in-season NBA tournament new court design. They have new jerseys, really like the heats, heat culture. Some of the teams got some badass looking jerseys. The courts are pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, we'll see how this goes, man. So it's the first season they're doing it. Uh, really think the NBA is just trying to get, you know, some viewership back. Uh, some people say these other games don't matter. A lot of people don't watch it. Gives these uh, players something else to kind of win. I'm curious to see how it goes. All that being said, I'm curious to see how it goes. Curious to see how much players actually care about this. Um, yeah, 500 grand is nothing to scoff at. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see about it. Um, right now, it's only been one game into it. So you got the Pacers, Heat, Bucks, and Nets are all 1-0 on the eastern side. And then the Warriors, Nuggets, and Portland are all 1-0 on the western side. And again, it's really not going to change anyone's schedule. Everyone's schedule is already set. The games for this in-season tournament are only going to be the ones that are Tuesday nights and Friday nights for the rest of the month leading up to December. 
and then they'll get into the uh, the knockout round and then the championship game. So we'll see. I haven't actually watched one yet um, myself. I would love to see kind of what it looks like, what the um, announcers are talking about during the game. So hopefully next podcast, I'll have more to tell you guys on that. But if you haven't heard of the NBA in-season tournament, uh, tournament, check it out. Should be interesting. Or maybe it's a flop. We'll see. We'll see. And then getting into my chug bet of the week. This one, as you all know, I like to make it kind of risky, man. So whoever wants this one, Ty Wagner, looking at you, bro. I was texting you before the podcast. Come on, jump on this one. I have the Browns over the Ravens. Cleveland Browns are going to beat the Baltimore Ravens this week. Looks like Baltimore is a six-point favorite. I think that's a little disrespectful to Cleveland, in my opinion. I know Deshaun Watson hasn't played great, but that Cleveland defense is great. So I think they're going to give Lamar some fits. I think Deshaun Watson plays a good enough game to win. I got the Browns over the Ravens. Whoever wants that uh, chug bet of the week, man, Ty, I hope you're one of them. Come on at me, man. Let's get me uh, chugging back on the podcast if you think you're going to win. But that's what I got for you guys here this week, man. Let me know what you all think of the episode. Again, it's good to be back. Um, Thank you all for those who reached out to me, man, Um, both in regards to just checking on myself other than just the podcast. Guys, I appreciate you checking in on me. Make sure everything is good. Um, Again, I'm glad to be back. Tiresome month, but guys, really, really happy. Thank you again for taking the time to spend some of your day here with me on my podcast again. That's all I got for you guys here this week. You all have a good rest of the week and I'll see you guys soon. Take care.